What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. We got a full house tonight, guys. It's going to be myself, and we got Dom, John, Brian, and David with us. So we're going to kind of go through a lot of the big free agent signings, um, talk about some of the trades, um, maybe hit on some of the money that's been given out, and then talk about a few quarterbacks who don't have new homes yet, but we do expect for them to have new homes before the beginning of this season. And then we are going to talk about Deshaun Watson. So to start it off, I wanted to get everybody's opinion on what their top three free agent signings were so far. So we're just going to quickly like run down that list. I'll um I'll let Dom go ahead and start since I kind of already see his list up. <laughs> Fair enough. So I think I didn't list these in any specific order, um, but getting started, I think one of the biggest signings was Chris Godwin staying with the Bucks. I think the news of Tom Brady coming back really changed what the Bucks were going to do this offseason. They went from being a team that was thinking about, do we rebuild? Do we just try to get a, a bridge quarterback to, okay, Tom Brady's back and we're going to try to go for it again. So they, they brought back Chris Godwin. I, I saw it was like a three-year deal, um, the exact financials um, I don't have in front of me right now, but He's one of the better young wide receivers in the in the league. I think this is a great signing for them long term. I think he's a great wide receiver that is going to be again paired with Mike Evans is is another deadly one two combo. Um, the next signing, I think, Leal Collins going to the Bengals. Obviously, we all know that offensive line was a weakness of this team, and going out and getting one of the best available offensive linemen to protect Joe Burrow is just going to really solidify this team as a contender going forward. I think looking at this team, besides maybe a few holes on defense, offensive line was really the only weakness that they have. I mean, you got your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow, you got Joe Mixon at running back, and you got the amazing wide receiving core that they had. The only part that they were missing was offensive line, and it looks like they're starting to address that. So I think the Bengals going forward are going to be a very dangerous team. Staying in the AFC North, I have Marcus Williams going to the Ravens as one of my biggest signings just because of the impact that he's going to have immediately on that defense being one of the better safeties in the league, but also just the, the amount of depth that it adds to that defense. We look at who they lost in terms of injuries this season and who is going to be coming back, and you're just adding Marcus Williams to that defense that's already a star-studded, high-power defense, I think that's going to be very dangerous. And, you know, as, as much as it's going to, you know, pain me to say this, but watching that defense is going to be fun. You know, being the, being the Browns fan, I obviously don't like seeing the Ravens do well, but, man, that defense is going to be special. Yeah, I agree. Lalo Collins for the Bengals is probably the, best free agency signing I think just because that offensive line was so bad and that's the main reason they lost that Super Bowl is because they just couldn't protect Joe Burrow so it's definitely it, one of the smartest yeah getting a guy that um is hopefully going to you know handle some of that pressure and keep Joe Burrow upright is definitely going to help them win more games especially in a division that looks like it's going to be a little bit more tougher to win um <laughs> than it did a couple of weeks ago so uh, Brian, well, who's your top three free agent signing so far? Um, I, maybe not the top three, but I'm just going with three names that haven't been talked about yet. So I got a uh, cornerback Darius Williams going to the Jags for three years, 30 million. Great value uh, for the Jags. I mean, the quarter, 
cornerback markets, you know, can be very wishy-washy on if this guy gets overpaid or this guy gets underpaid, but they got a very experienced uh, cornerback for a great price. Uh, I also got guard Lincoln Tomlinson going to the Jets for three years, 40 million. The Jets definitely need help on that O-line, and uh, hopefully this will help Zach Wilson out in his second year because it was a rough first year and he really got pressured a lot. And then uh, the last guy I got is uh, Zadarius Smith going to the Vikings. I mean, let's just face it. If the Vikings can get anybody from the Packers and then use them against the Packers, win for them. They got this guy coming at Aaron Rodgers two times this year. Good for them. Yeah, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of really either either they had it planned all along or they listened to me when I said they should just go out there and try to sign some, you know, really good either veterans or um, get some young guys that they can get on some team-friendly deals. That way they can stretch out for the next three or four years and put put together a team that they can try to go out and win a Super Bowl while they still have Lawrence on that, you know, that rookie deal. And I think they've done a pretty good job so far of, of putting some talent on both sides of the ball, and, and hopefully they can go out there and, you know, turn it around. Obviously they're going to hopefully have a better coach who doesn't kick his players anymore, but um, I think they're definitely in a pretty good position to compete. Um, John, who's your top three free agent signings? My top three are the same as Dom's. Uh, Chris Godwin was resigned with the Bucks. Le'Veon Collins with the Bengals. But I, my third one, I really think is important. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champs uh, giving an extension to Matthew Stafford. I think it was, I can't remember how much it was, but it was like a four or five year contract. I think having that guy locked up is going to make them a contender for the Super Bowl in the future. So that was, that was mine. My three guys. I think it was like a three year deal uh, worth 160. That sounds right. I look, I looked it up, but that just kind of just popped out of my head. Yeah. I mean, you clearly kind of saw what difference he made, you know, going from hit from golf to him and and them being able to win the Super Bowl in the first season. You know, I mean, I, I still am in that that camp that if you pay your quarterback a certain percentage of the of the cap, you're just not going to win a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter, matter how good you are, but we'll see if they can kind of overcome that. So, David, who are your top three free agent signings so far? All right. So Brian actually kind of stole my thunder with uh, Blake and Tomlinson to the Jets. Um, so he kind of already covered that. But uh, in addition to the other guys adding columns to the Bengals, I'm going to actually say Alex Kappa. They got him for four years, $35 million, And that's another like interior person that they desperately needed as well. And then this might be a little risky, but I'm going to throw out there. But C.J. Uzoma, the tight end who used to play for the Bengals, uh, is now getting $15 million from the Jets. Yeah, another weapon for um, for what, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that Jets team, I don't think they're a tight end away from winning. But, I mean, if you can get another guy who – which I'm surprised he didn't go back to the Bengals because – but, I mean, money is money, but – um, but that's a guy who, as long as he stays healthy, he's, he's the top 15 tight end of the league, if not higher. So, um, but yeah, well, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to talk about some of the trades. So we've had some huge trades <laughs> this off season, and then we've had some ones that aren't as crazy, but I just kind of want to get your opinion on, you know, what you think about the trade in general. Um, but let's go ahead and start off with 
probably the well, I won't say the biggest trade because we'll probably get into that later, but definitely up there. I, I think it's it was one that kind of I think took me a little bit by surprise, but after kind of hearing reports come out of Green Bay with Devontae Adams. Let's go ahead and start with John. John, how do you feel about the Devontae Adams trade? Um, do you think that the you know Raiders gave up too much, or do you think it was fair? And then how do you feel uh, about the new deal? That well, I think it's a two-part question. If I'm a Raiders fan, I love it. Um, but as far as a Packers fan, I, at first I was really on the fence with this one because he's your franchise you know, leading receiver. But then I, when I thought about it, you know, the, the, Packer, the Packers are a really good organization. They have the quarterback. And I think as long as they're a good organization and they have the quarterback, you know, they maybe they'll draft somebody else, obviously, or draft or sign or find somebody else to replace Devontae Adams. And so I don't think it's like a – I don't think it's like for the Packers, it's, it's like, oh, my gosh, we got to pull the fire alarm and, you know, go crazy kind of thing. I, I, think, I think they'll recover. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think the, if I'm a Raiders fan, I love it. If I'm a Packers fan, I don't think I liked it at first. But then when I thought about it being Aaron Rodgers and the organization that they have over there, you know, I think as long as you have a quarterback and whatnot, you know, you're going to you're going to you're going to be OK, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um I think it was for both sides. I, I thought it was a pretty good trade overall, but I would lean towards the Raiders as far as getting the uh, the, the better part of the deal. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, and I'll say this, you know, before we move on to uh, getting Brian's opinion on it, but they have two firsts and two seconds. They better get that man a wide receiver or two. Brian, what do you think? Uh, I'm lean, leaning on uh, the Raiders got a good deal. Now I'm starting to think it was fair, just like how John said. I mean, I know Packers fans are really hoping that he was going to stay with them, especially when Aaron Rodgers re-signed. But, I mean, they got, what, first and a second for him? So nothing to be you know, mad about. They should definitely be able to get a good wide receiver for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Dom, what's your opinion on it? I think it's a win-win. I think the, the Raiders get their number one wide receiver, a guy that's familiar with Derek Carr. So I, I think it's going to help the Raiders stay competitive in the AFC West. And I think it definitely makes them definitely legit playoff contenders for this year and the, and the years going forward. But looking at it from the Packers point of view, you free up a lot of cap space. You get some picks in return that you can help rebuild that team. But if you look at a lot of the wide receivers that have come out of the draft the last couple of years, you know, you, we've seen guys as, as rookie as rookie players or second year players that are really high impact wide receivers. I mean, you look at um, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, you look at Jamar Chase, like it's not that hard to replace star wide receivers anymore because the wide receivers that are coming out of the draft now are just so damn good. You can go replace your star wide receiver in the draft pretty easily now. So I, I think Long-term, the impact of losing a player like Devontae Adams is not going to be as difficult as like trying to replace someone like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. I think this wide receiver draft, like the depth of the wide receivers in this draft is, is pretty high. You know, I think you could probably even get a guy going in the third round that could still be pretty productive for you, if not turn into, you know, maybe a superstar for your team if developed right. David, what is your opinion on this one? Well, I kind of 
called something along the lines when I was the when we did our kind of like GM series a little bit and I was the GM of the Green Bay Packers. In my case, however, I went with trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers because he was at the time the largest cap hit, but getting rid of Devontae Adams also took care of a major cap hit as well. And so it made sense for both sides. So again, another win-win, just a different aspect of it in the cap hit sense. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I could pick a winner right now, only because I want to see what the Packers do with those picks. If they don't pick one wide receiver with the four picks they have in the first two rounds, then I, I think they have to. I mean, you, you would think that they would, but they haven't picked the wide receiver in the first round in how many years? So I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. We'll have to kind of see what happens. I don't know if I don't know. You, you, they have, they have to spend a first round pick on a wide receiver. It's just, if they don't, then I just think the Raiders totally won that deal because they have a dude who's, you know, going to be a top, a top five, if not top 10 wide receiver in the league, as long as he stays healthy for the next, you know, four or five years. So I just, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I have to see what they do in the draft and see what they do with those picks, but that's just kind of my opinion on it. Well, I think they're definitely going to draft a wide receiver because I think right now the only wide receiver they have on their roster is um, Randall Cobb. Yeah. And then I think a couple practice squad players. So, yeah, they're they're definitely drafting wide receiver this in this draft. I don't know. Crazier things have happened in the NFL draft. They might not. True. Yeah. But I, I think they will, too. But you know, just we won't know until the draft. So, well, moving on to another wide receiver who was trade traded. It wasn't as big as a trade as probably the Devontae Adams. I don't think that I think it was only a fourth and a fifth or sixth or something like that. But Amari Cooper was traded to the Browns. Um, let's go ahead and see, Brian, what's your opinion on this? Are you excited as a Browns fan? Do you think that this was, you know, a good trade? Did you guys give up too much or not enough? Like, what do you? Uh, I think it was a steal for the Browns, especially with, you know, what they what else they did in the offseason. I think Brown should be really excited. The only real negative for them in this deal was just having to pay his contract. But when they got him, they uh, restructured it. So, I mean, the, the entire thing was just a big win for them. I think the Cowboys could have got definitely a lot more. Yeah, it was. I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't ask for more, but maybe the market wasn't there for him. And maybe we'll see that in Cleveland. But I think as of right now, they got a, a true number one that they really haven't had, you know, in a while. Like, Landry was more of like a number two in the slot. So we'll kind of see what he's able to do in Cleveland. Um, David, what do you think? Yeah, they definitely needed somebody, whether Landry was the number one or Cooper was the number one either way. But anyways, we saw Landry's no longer on the team once they made that trade. But I, I guess I would have liked to have seen how they played Landry and Cooper together. But regardless of how that played out, um, I think that was an excellent trade on behalf of the Browns because the guy had multiple thousand yards seasons in the last couple of years. And all they gave up for him was a couple of mid to late round draft picks. Yeah. And I did, I did see when they restructured his contract that there were reports that they were 
trying to reach back out to to Jarvis Landry to see if he wanted to rejoin the team um, now that they kind of had the money reworked back out. So maybe that's something that we a Browns Landry reunion there and then he gets to play aside beside Amari Cooper and that would be a pretty decent wide receiving core right there. But Dom, what do you think about the trade? I think it's a steal. I would do that trade every day of the week and twice on Sunday. You're getting one of the better wide receivers in the league for a fifth round pick. Yeah, that that that's a steal. He's the exact wide receiver that we needed. This Browns offense all year was missing that number one guy that can be a reliable pass catcher, be a deep threat. And now, I mean, we, we he's one of the better route runners in the league. He's one of the best overall wide receivers in the league. So I, I think it's a steal. For a fifth-round pick, yeah, half the team – or half the time, fifth-round picks don't even make the roster. So it's not like we were giving up much. Okay. John, I'll let you kind of finish off with the Amari Cooper trade. I'm I'm fine with it. I think it's a good thing, a, a good trade. Uh, I don't have a problem with it at all. The only thing I'm like a little bit concerned about is what is Amari Cooper's character? Like, are they getting another Odell Beckham character kind of guy or is he different? That's my only comment that I would, I would like to know. I'm not saying I want to go, go forward with the trade because I would, but I, um, I would like to know, you know, what kind of person is Amari Cooper? I haven't heard anything bad about him as far as being like a diva or anything. So, or a, a locker room answer. So that I, I haven't heard anything down. bad about him. I haven't either, but he seems he seems to do well. Like if other guys are doing well around him, you know what I mean. I think that's I think that's the biggest thing. So so often we see like you know when when you feel like you're the number one guy on the team and other guys around you are doing you know just as good or better at certain times, you know you seem to shut down. You know we've kind of seen that with Antonio Brown or OBJ, um, even you know I think Stephon Diggs at times. So I just think that Amari Cooper seems like one of those guys that that is okay with other guys doing as good as him, if not better, as long as they're winning. I think he falls, you know, in that category of like, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like those guys are okay if they're if their partners are doing just as good. So um if they could pair him with somebody who like bring back Landry and, and they both can kind of ball out, then then I think uh I think they'll be fine with that. So but moving on to it's not probably like the most important trade or the sexiest trade of the offseason but I don't know if it's necessarily your guys's opinion on the trade but more so just how we feel about Carson Wentz as a player and now he's on his you know I would say in the past three seasons he'll be on his third team now um all traded so and I I would say like Indiana got a pretty decent package for it like Washington actually gave up a, a decent little amount I think it was like a couple thirds or something like that. Like, so I guess we'll go ahead and start with Dom. Like, how do you, how do you feel about the Carson Wentz trade? And then how do you feel about just Carson Wentz as a player in general going forward in the NFL over the next couple? I think the commanders seemed a little desperate giving up what they did for him. I don't blame the Colts for accepting the trade. I mean, it's a couple third round picks for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I would take that. Um, Carson Wentz as a player, I mean, he seems more like a boom and bust kind of quarterback, but looking at what he did this last year, it was what, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, didn't seem bad. It's just the bad seemed really bad with him and the the great moments seemed to be few and far between and then he fell apart at the end of the season. Um, I mean, off the field, I mean, there's reports that, you know, he's not really the best locker room guy and that 
you know, he was kind of not envious, but was kind of upset that the Eagles Super Bowl run without him. And he was kind of upset that they were being so successful without him. So, I mean, I don't know, off the field, I guess you can question his leadership skills and I guess his, <laughs> his overall attitude towards the game in general, but on the field, I mean, yeah, he's not a bad bridge quarterback. If you're still looking for your franchise guy and you think that he's one draft away, yeah, you can get away with Carson Wentz for a year. Okay. Um, David, what do you think? Were the commanders desperate? Probably. Mainly because there were also still other decent quarterbacks that they could have gotten through free agency, which is why it may have seemed desperate at the time and still to now. But he can still get you wins. Let me put it that way. He may not come up clutch, but as of, as it sits right now, they're not in a position where they'll be going to the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl at the moment. So, yeah, it's probably a good trade both ways for them, considering the position that they're both in at the time. Yeah, I mean, it was made pretty early on in the process. I There was still, I mean, you still had Trubisky, you still had... Mariota, you know, in free agency, Jameis Winston was still sitting out there. I mean, you have, you know, Jimmy G who's still waiting for a new home. So I just, I think that they, I think like Dom said, they kind of panic buyed. It was the the first option that popped up and they were okay spending what they spent on him. And I think they're just kind of hoping that they can either fix him or put him in a situation to where he can be successful. So we'll just kind of have to see, but um, John, what do you think about the Carson Wentz trade? Eh, I don't know. Um, I feel like the Washington could have got other other quarterbacks besides Carson Carson Wentz, like a Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody like that. I just I don't know. I I don't know if I see either team getting a win win uh, situation. You know, I I I I don't know. I just I think it's just it's just a real okay trade. I think it affects the other team. Each team just real average like. I, I don't know. I just I'm not. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, I think I think you not knowing what to say is, is probably speaking volumes. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a weird one. So, but I guess we'll let maybe maybe Brian has an opinion. We'll let him go ahead and see what he has on it. I definitely think the Colts came out ahead on this. If Washington would have waited, they could have gotten more for less. I'm not hating on Carson Wentz. I think that they maybe overpaid for him a little bit, but that's really all I got that hasn't been said already. Yeah, I mean, we'll kind of go into this this next trade that or the last trade that I had on here that I wanted to talk about, which was the Matt Ryan trade. And I think the Colts only gave up some late round draft picks. I don't even think they gave up a top three round draft pick for Matt Ryan. So in in my opinion, I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, at least right now. So I guess to Brian's point, they probably could have waited and given up a little bit less maybe, but um let's go ahead and go back to brian what do you think about the matt ryan trade do you think this puts the colts in a position to be competitive in the playoffs you know obviously that team is set up they just need a guy to you know head the helm but what do you think about the matt ryan trade kind of a big fan i mean Durham, he's a well-paid player but he's got a lot of experience and i think they only gave up a third for him which that's kind of crazy to think about i think uh just you know colts getting Wentz for how much they got from him or getting rid of Wentz for what they could and then getting Matt Ryan. I mean, I think they've made out really well here. Okay. John, what do you think about the Matt Ryan trade? Uh, you know, I definitely think the Colts got a win. Um, 
I think Atlanta obviously is in a rebuilding mode. Um, one thing I, I thought was different as far as the scenario between Atlanta and like Seattle, I still don't think, I mean, I, I don't, I still don't think Seattle should have got rid of their franchise quarterback, but in, in the situation with Atlanta, I think they should have, because I think they're in, like I said, in the rebuilding mode. I don't, necessarily agree that Seattle was in a rebuilding mode. That's why I don't think it was a good idea for the get rid of uh, Russell Wilson. But I would like to see Atlanta get more from Matt Ryan than they did. I mean, this is a guy, I know he's been in the league. He was third overall in 2007, and, he, and he's been successful. He's was rookie of the year one year. He's taken his team to the playoffs. He's went to the Super Bowl, almost won the Super Bowl, and then they had the debacle with the the Patriots. It came, they were losing like twenty eight. Patriots were losing twenty eight to three in the fourth quarter, and they end up winning the, the Super Bowl. I think it was in overtime. But yeah, the guy has has been proven to be successful. That why that like the fact that they did give so much up for Matt Ryan, I was surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Falcons they need to rebuild. You know, maybe get a, a quarterback in the draft or. Something like that. I mean, I don't think they're going to be real competitive, especially in that division. You have, you know, it's Tampa Bay. But yeah, I just, I, I, I put, I get, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I see it making more sense for Atlanta to get rid of their quarterback more so than I see Seattle. Okay. Um, Dom, do you have anything to add on the Matt Ryan trade? I think it's a good trade. I think they went and got the best quarterback available. Um, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that are available. I mean, you have Baker. You had um, no, Jameis Winston already re-signed. Mar- uh, Marcus Mariota already re-signed or, uh, signed with the Falcons. Or it was like a simultaneous. They made the trade, then signed Marcus Mariota. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a good, reliable veteran quarterback that can man the ship for a little bit. He'll, he'll definitely be better than Carson Wentz. So, I mean, you look at the Colts now as a playoff team. I think they're a team that's good enough that they can probably win a wild card or divisional round game. Um, I don't really see them going competing for a Super Bowl, but I think it's definitely an improvement over what they had. And, you know, like John said, the Falcons are in rebuild mode, not necessarily rebuild mode. I think they overachieved last year with Matt Ryan having a pretty bad season himself, but I think they're, they're a young team that is definitely going to be looking towards the future and they'll be using those draft picks to, to build. So I think it's a pretty mutual, mutually beneficial trade. And I, I like it. I think it's a good move for both teams. All right, David, do you have anything else that you want to add? Not really. Uh, nothing that hasn't already been said. So the only thing I will add is that he was traded for a 2022 third round pick. Okay. See, I mean, pretty good value. I mean, that's pretty yeah. much they gave up a third and they still have a third because they got one from from Washington for Carson Wentz. So, yeah, thank you, Washington. You got you got the Colts, Matt Ryan. So there you go. <laughs> um, before we get into the big money deals for non-quarterbacks, guys, I want to go quickly over to, um, you know, the two quarterbacks that are still left pretty much out there with Baker and Jimmy G. And I kind of want to get your guys' quick opinion on where you think they would land. So let's go ahead and start with David. David, where do you where do you think that it's a possibility for Baker and Jimmy G to land? Possibly, I could see Baker Mayfield going to maybe Seattle for the right price, um, and then assuming San Francisco trades Jimmy G, 
I think that San Francisco goes for Baker Mayfield as well. Okay. And then, and then for Jimmy for Jimmy G, I can see him going to maybe Carolina or the New York Giants. So David has no faith in um, Trey Lance. All right, cool. <laughs> um, Brian, what are your uh, – potential landing spots for Baker and Jimmy G. Um, so Carolina already said they're not interested. I definitely think uh, Seattle's going for uh, Garoppolo. I think that's who Seattle's going. I think they're going to go draft a rookie quarterback and they're looking for a bridge guy. Uh, word is they got offer already for two seconds for him, which that makes if Carolina is the Okay. Um, John, what's your uh, thought on this? Uh, well, I originally thought Baker was going to go to the Colts, but that's not going to happen anymore. Um, I would I I could see him in Seattle. The only question I have is why would why would Jimmy G not resign with the 49ers? It's not about him resigning. It's I think it's about the 49ers wanting to move on to Trey Lance. And they well, why? Why would they want to move on to a second year quarterback? I mean, it, it's it, it, his upside is a lot higher than what Jimmy G can offer them. Yeah. Jimmy okay. G, we already know what you're kind of getting. And honestly, yeah, I guess. If they can get a few like high round high round picks out of Jimmy G and, and kind of put that around Trey Lance, I mean, I think I don't know. I, I think it's definitely a 50-50 shot on whether or not Trey Lance is going to come out and be successful. You know, yeah. Well, that's I, I would like to if I was a GM of the 49ers, I'd try to resign Jimmy G. And, but I mean they went to the playoffs last year, they got pretty far. I don't see why I want to get rid of them. Okay. And, and you don't know, you don't really know what Jimmy G, not Jimmy G, uh, Trey Lance is going to do. Is going to be, is going to be good? Is going to suck? Is he going to be great? So yeah, I don't, I don't know about the whole Jimmy G situation. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Carolina or Houston. I'm trying to think of the teams that need a quarterback, or because the Saints re-signed James Winston, so he's not going to go there. Um, maybe the Giants. Dom, where do you got Baker and Jimmy? This is tough, man. So looking at, we'll start with Baker on this. He wanted to go to the Colts. The Colts said, no, we're going to go with Matt Ryan. You look at Carolina, Carolina already said they're not interested. Every other team that pretty much needed a quarterback already made their moves for the year. So, I mean, and even the, the Seahawks have pretty much already said that they're set on seeing what they got with Drew Locke this year. So really, there's no team that's in desperate need where they absolutely need to trade for a quarterback. I mean, you you look at the the Texans, the Deshaun Watson trade would have been a perfect opportunity for the Texans to say, hey, we're giving you Deshaun Watson, give us Baker in return. And even the Texans were like, no, we're really not interested in Baker. We'll just take the picks. So it's it's tough. I don't think no team is going to trade for him right now. I think the Browns are going to have to wait see how the draft plays out and maybe some team that was hoping to get some guy in the draft misses on that dude and they're left trying to trade for someone. But right now I don't really see any trade value for them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the teams now and I, it's, it's tough to really nail down even one to two teams that I think would make a move for them. Um, I, I, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe Seattle if you know the start of training camp starts and Drew Locke's not really that great, maybe Atlanta. Okay. It, Baker's tough because his his eighteen million dollars is guaranteed, and he's a fringe starting quarterback for the year. So I, I don't know. It's tough. His his trade value is really not there. 
Worst case what, scenario, they have to cut him. What, what what about Jimmy G going to back to New England as like a mentor for Mac Jones? Is that a poss- Is that likely to happen? Or I was just thinking about that earlier today. They're they're set on they're set on Mac Mac Jones led them to the playoffs. So I had, they're they're not interested at all in bringing back Jimmy G to be their starter or even try to compete with Mac Jones because okay, they're set I, on him as as their quarterback going forward. Because plus they're not they're not going to spend the capital to bring him over to be a backup. That's right. Oh, and I my mean, if you look at some of the other teams that could be interested in Jimmy G. I'm looking at the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles are set with you know seeing with the guy with Jalen Hurts because he's got some upside. Mm-hmm. The Giants are set on giving Daniel Jones one last shot, and then they just brought in Tyrod Taylor. So if things don't work out with Daniel Jones, they'll just start playing Tyrod. NFC North, and you got the Lions, but they got so much money tied up in Jared Goff that it's kind of prohibitive to make yeah. any sort of move at the quarterback position. The Bears want to see what they got in in Justin Fields. So I mean, there's again, there's he's in a little bit of a similar situation as Baker, but he's in a better position because he's a better quarterback. I don't know. Like maybe I I feel like the Panthers would be more interested in Jimmy G than obviously they would be for Baker. There, he said they're not interested in Baker. So the only team that I can really think of that'd be interested in Jimmy G is Carolina. Yeah, I think I which think really hurts what the that hurts what the 49ers can get for him because the Panthers really know that, hey, we're the only team that's interested in this dude. So mm-hmm. like if you if you don't take what we're offering, well, okay, you're stuck with uh Jimmy G again. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Jimmy G ends up in Carolina. I actually think that Baker will get traded, but I don't think it's going to be till closer to the trade deadline. I think what will happen, and we'll kind of get into it later with Deshaun Watson, but I think he's going to be suspended for a few games, whether that's four to six games. And I think the Browns, if they can't find a package for him, you know, I think it might be a stretch if Baker even wants to play. But if they'll go to him and be like, hey, you want to improve your draft stock so that we can get you out of here, you're going to have to come and play. And I think teams want to see him healthy and see what he does. And if he can come play healthy and, and put together, you know, four or five, maybe even six good solid games for them at the beginning of the season, then I think that his trade value will go up a lot more for, you know, teams like maybe Houston or Seattle, especially once Seattle kind of sees what they have in Drew Locke and, and sees if that's even something that they want, want to continue experimenting with. And then obviously Houston, um, you know, kind of seeing where they'll be at. And then we don't know what kind of QB injuries we're going to have next year. So there might be a team that's like, you know, won some games or QB goes down, Baker Mayfield's playing pretty well. They go ahead and trade and bring him in for the, you know, the remainder of the season or something like that. So I think that's probably where we're going to be at with Baker is that he's just going to have to start the season with the Browns. And then by the trade, that's not going to happen. That, that bridge is already burned. He's not playing another minute for the Browns. They even, they even brought in, um, Jacoby Brissett to be the backup. He'll start the games that Deshaun Watson's injured, or not injured, but suspended. That that bridge is burned. He's not playing another down for the Browns. And even if they were to keep him on roster, no team is going to trade for a quarterback halfway through the season. We don't really see quarterbacks get traded midseason anyways, let alone a dude that's going to most likely be struggling for $18 million. Well, okay. If they make the trade at the trade deadline, $9 million for the rest of the season. I I think this trade is, he'll be traded. I think it'll just be after the draft, probably closer to rookie mini camp or to start a training camp. Well, before we get into um, 
Deshaun Watson and stuff like that. I did want to kind of I saw some a cool image a couple of days ago about, you know, the highest non quarterback players. And you kind of look at guys like Miles Garrett making 25 million, Joy Bosa making 27 this year, DeAndre Hopkins making 27, TJ Watt making 28, and Devontae Adams now making 28 with his new deal with the Raiders. How do you guys feel about like, I mean, you're talking about close to $30 million for some of these guys who are non-quarterback players. I mean, obviously they're super impactful at their positions, but like, how do you guys feel about this? Do you think that, you know, we're going to, that the money is only going to keep going up? And then what does this mean for teams when they're trying to, you know, build a team? Are, are we really only going to see like two or three impactful players on a team or are guys going to, or is the money going to start leveling out again? Um, we'll go ahead and start with Brian. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I think uh, what we're seeing, teams kind of going into, you know, a bit of an arms race, getting to get these crazy impactful players. <laughs> if you look at Miles Garrett, if you were to go on the free, go on the market, teams would be throwing money at him, trying to get him on there or to sign him because he can single-handedly go into a game and almost shut down a 30, $40 million a year quarterback, or at the very least make them have to get the ball out. So I think it's great for these guys that they're getting paid their worth. And it's not just quarterbacks getting. Okay. John, what do you think about it? Well, you know, the, the NFL, as we all know, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you, uh, has a hard salary cap. I think it's going up next year to, I want to say like 202 or 210 million. I have to look that up and confirm it. But, you know, you want balance, um, you, which means you, you got to hit on these late round picks, these guys that are undrafted, because you can't keep all your good players forever. Eventually, you have to pay it. Eventually, you have to pay them. And if you can't pay them, and if you start going over the cap, they got to go somewhere else. And that's why you got to draft well and, and do well in free agency because, you know, they're, it, the best teams in the NFL have a, a, a revolving door. Um, you know, they, they draft a guy, makes a lot of money, and then they can't afford him, so that guy goes somewhere else, and they draft another guy, and they develop that player. And, you know, it's it's, it's – New England probably does the best job at it. At least they did when they had Tom Brady. They always had the quarterback, but a lot of their players that were really good that made a lot of money could not stay with the team – you know, for a very long time because of the salary cap, but they were always able to hit on these mid to late draft picks and these un undrafted free agents. And they were able to be successful at this revolving door that I think you have to do to, to be successful in the NFL. I mean, if you have a, a quarterback and your quarterback's making almost all the money. I mean, you're, you're not going to have a good offensive line. You're not going to have good weapons. You know, you can't have all your money invested in one player. That's why you got to hit on these other different positions in the draft and be successful at that revolving door. Pittsburgh, I would say, is another team that does that pretty well. But I would say, at least in my era, the Patriots are, are really good at that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just about balance. And I, when I say I, I know I say oh, it's just about balance. Like it's some easy thing. It's an easy concept to understand, but it's it's hard to um, do in the NFL because if it wasn't, everybody would be doing it. Okay. Yeah, I agree, David. Uh, how do you feel about all this this money and and do you think we've kind of entered a new era where you know more non quarterback type players are going to be making <laughs> close to thirty million dollars a year? 
you know what? It's it's good to see that the players that deserve the money are finally getting the money they that they deserve because it's proving that it's not just the quarterback making all the difference on the field. So these players, whether it's Garrett, Joey Bosa, DeAndre Hopkins, so on and so forth, were in the free agent market, these guys would probably be up there with the quarterback because that they're that good of players. They would be making it rain for these guys, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's but it also goes back to John's point of you can't keep every good player on your team forever. And you're going to have to be able to replace as best you can those impactful players. All righty. Well, Dom, I'll go ahead and let you uh, give the last thought on this one. I think it's good for the NFL. Um, Like you guys pointed out, it's good to see other non-quarterbacks really make significant amounts of money. And I think it really shows what positions are most important. I mean, you look at the five guys that you mentioned, Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, Hopkins, TJ Watt, Devonta Adams. They're rushing the passer, so getting at the quarterbacks, which are the highest paid players, or they're catching balls from the from the quarterbacks. This is a pass-happy league, so the most impactful positions are the guys throwing the ball, the guys catching the ball, and the guys tackling, the dudes trying to throw the ball. Um, I mean, the, these guys are making a great amount of money, and they're the best at the most impactful positions. So I, I have no problem with it. And, again, the, the balance that it brings salary-wise is, is good. I think it's good for the league to see other positions really being paid what they should be paid. All righty. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you guys said. So if you're, if you're at the top of your position, you're going to get paid. You're going to get that bag. So, and as David said, they're going to make it rain. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much, John, Brian, David, and Dom. And uh, we'll get after it again next week. But thank you again to the listeners. And as always, until next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.